podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 41 is here. And I'm not very good at math, but I know that there's 52 weeks in a year. We're at 41 now. That means that one year of this podcast is approaching. Did I think we'd get this far with a podcast that I've never done one before? No, probably not. Northwestern Mutual jumped on board as a sponsor a few months ago, and we are happy to have them. Northwestern Mutual is your home for all your financial needs. Check out their website or their Facebook for more information. Now, for those who are new here for spring sports just getting started, I always start the podcast talking about the games I saw in the past week and then what's coming up on Channel 1450. What are the big games next week and what are we going to be covering? Let's start with last Thursday. Another chance for me to see Glenwood soccer and again, the Titans delivered. Mia O'Neill with two goals and the Titans with another shutout. Jay Leip and the Glenwood girls soccer team have a legit shot at a trip to state in a couple months. On Friday, we got some Central State A baseball thanks to the weather last week. Springfield High at Glenwood. After the Titans won the first game at Springfield last Tuesday, the Senators returned the favor to split the season series and throw themselves into the legit conversation for top three in the CS8. Sophomore Seth Impson throws a complete game shutout, shutting out the Titans at home and makes his mark on the season early, throwing his name into the conversation for a must-watch for the next few years. On Saturday morning, before the Final Four got started, got to see Williamsville soccer for the first time this season. Grayson Robley did not disappoint yet again. Four goals, two assists, and the Bullets have another solid team that will definitely compete for a regional title. On Monday, though, the Bullets hosted their Sagamo rivals, and Pleasant Plains proved themselves, in my eyes, as a team to beat in the Sagamo Conference. We'll get to more about that in a second. Plains beats Williamsville 3-0 on Monday as Sophia Smith scores two goals and assists on the other. Tuesday, we spoke with John Hebb after he was announced as a Springfield High football head coach, so go check out that interview. On Tuesday, got to see two more Sagamo soccer teams. Athens stays unbeaten this season with a 1-0 win over Auburn at Auburn. The Warriors are now 11-0 on the season and are a tough team. We'll definitely keep an eye on them when they play Williamsville next week and Pleasant Plains in the future. On Wednesday, I spoke with John Allison at SHG after it was announced that he will take over as the Sacred Heart Griffin football head coach at the end of next year. I then made the trip to Normal on Wednesday for the biggest baseball game of the season so far. Two guys who are already committed to play Division I baseball and both have a legit shot to play professionally one day. U-High ace Jake Schwartz committed to Illinois. Glenwood's ace Parker Detmers committed to Louisville. This one started how you would expect, a lot of strikeouts. Schwartz struck out seven of the first nine and sat Glenwood down in order quickly. U-High got their first run in the fourth inning on a controversial call and Detmers was ejected after the play. Glenwood head coach Casey Erickson also ejected after some discussions and that threw Glenwood for quite the loop. The Pioneers offense woke up in the fifth with four, with four runs and took control of the game, not to mention the fact that Schwartz threw a no-hitter until the seventh inning. Yes, the record shows Jake Schwartz threw a complete game no-hitter, but Will Platner led off the seventh inning with a home run to left field. The umpire behind the home plate ruled it a foul ball, but Schwartz and Platner will both tell you it was a home run, so it is what it is. Schwartz went on to strike out Platner and had 15 strikeouts on the day to get the no-hitter in the record books. Uhi beats Glenwood 7-0 in the first game of their season series. They are scheduled to play in Chatham on Thursday. Hopefully the weather holds. 
that leads me right into what's coming up on channel 1450 guess we'll have to do a new csa baseball power rankings since the preseason one does look a little interesting with you high at two but hey you never know Bobby will be in Chatham on Thursday. I plan to see Pleasant Plains baseball for the first time this season. They're headed to Auburn to open up their Sagamo Conference slate. We will also have Athens at Monroe Forsyth. Baseball, the Trojans are undefeated this season and looking very strong. Keep an eye on Athens at Monroe Forsyth softball as well. Friday, a couple out-of-conference soccer games to watch. Hillsboro at Plains and Carlinville at Williamsville on Saturday. A few more things to keep an eye on. Glenwood Girls Soccer taking the trip north to Schaumburg for a big tournament. The McBride Track Invite for the ladies at Southeast. Pleasant Plains at SHG Softball. Collinsville at SHG Baseball. And Q&D at Glenwood Baseball. Also this weekend, we will have a mic'd up from Joe Fandle, the Williamsville head coach, from their game on Monday. I just haven't had a chance or time to get to it yet, but I will be posting that sometime this weekend when I get it done. On Monday, we get the highly anticipated softball matchup every season between Tri-City and Williamsville. This year, that one's at Williamsville on Monday. Then there's a couple good soccer matchups on Monday. Pleasant Plains at SHG, a rematch of their big postseason game last season that the Cardinals won. And the nightcap is Rochester at Springfield High at 6 p.m. at Lee Field. A busy little Monday. On Tuesday, we start with some tennis. Springfield High at Glenwood in CSA action. In baseball, Glenwood is at Jacksonville on Tuesday. SHG is at Springfield for City Baseball, and Moroa Forsyth is at Pleasant Plains Baseball. Also, Moroa at Plains Softball. Nice Tuesday as well. Wednesday, we keep an eye on SHG at Springfield Softball, Jacksonville at Glenwood Baseball, and Springfield at SHG Baseball. We'll also have another live rewind up on the website sometime in the next week. This time, it's Jacksonville graduate Avery Dugan, and we're looking back at the regional baseball game between the Crimsons and SHG in Chatham a few years ago. Speaking of Jacksonville, let's get to this week's guest. It's time to talk with the fourth-year pro football player Blake Hans. Jacksonville and Northwestern graduate recently signed a new contract with the Cleveland Browns and took some time out of his busy schedule to talk about his recent engagement, his off-season workouts, his season at tackle. Here is Blake Hans. All right, we are now joined by Blake Hance, the Cleveland Browns lineman. Uh, Blake, let's just start here, uh, jump right into it. How are you? Now it's kind of your your downtime a little bit, correct? Yeah, for sure. Um, the the uh, offseason in, in the NFL is a lot different than, you know, like college offseason where in college you kind of take a week off and get right back into full-time workouts with the team and everything. Uh the NFL, you get a couple months where you can train wherever you want to. So a few guys stay at the facility, but most guys go back to either their hometowns or wherever they uh, have kind of made roots um, in the off season. So um, I just got back out to Cleveland this past weekend, but uh, the first about two months before that, I was in Wisconsin. Uh, that's where my fiance is from so uh, uh we've been there for most of the off season but uh but yeah i just got back out here yeah i guess i i kind of messed up there congratulations is in order let me start there um <laughs> awesome for you uh what an experience that is if, if you want to share you can but uh you don't have to just tell me a little bit about the engagement and kind of how that went down yeah it was thank you first of all um it was cool. I, uh, we lived in Chicago for a couple of years after college, so I did it in Chicago, like out uh, 
out on Lake Michigan with kind of a skyline background and yeah. had a photographer and everything and then had a had a little party afterwards where our family was there and a few of our friends so yeah it all went really smoothly it was it was a lot of planning that went into it but but uh, I think it all went well and she enjoyed it so we're excited all right so how nervous were you to actually pull it off well you know it, we've been together over seven years already um, so so you knew she was gonna say yes right well I you know I don't want to say I knew but I was hoping <laughs> I, that if she wasn't uh, interested in sticking around that she would have left by now but uh, so I, I was more just nervous about the logistics of the day because you know I had to get out to the lake at the right time and then make our dinner reservation after and all while trying to hide the fact that uh, her family and my family and some of our friends from out of town had come into town, into Chicago. So, yeah, it was more just like the logistics of it all that made me nervous. But uh, it all went pretty smoothly in that. Okay, so I got to compare it to something. What, how would the nerves of that day compare to, like, your first NFL start? Uh, that's a very different feeling, I'd say. Um, <laughs> The, well, one of the toughest parts about it was I didn't, I wasn't able to do it. Well, I shouldn't say I wasn't able to. I could have done it whenever. But just with how it all worked out, I wasn't doing it until like 3.30 p.m. Yeah. So I kind of just had to find a way to kill time the rest of the day and, you know, not you know, not run into other people and yeah. whatever. So uh, we just like went to a museum and stuff and got lunch and whatever. So... That was probably one of the hardest parts, but uh, yeah, I'd say that the game nerves are probably on a whole different level there. <laughs> well, congratulations again. Like I said, that's it's awesome and happy for you, and uh, it's it's good that when everything goes according to plan. And and obviously, she said yes, so that's got to be great moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was best case scenario. So. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about um, kind of what your off season's been like so far. Like you mentioned, uh, you train up in Wisconsin. How do you kind of start that process? Where did you kind of learn about it, and um, what what's the kind of the facility look like? Yeah, so um, every guy goes about it different, a little bit different. Some guys have trainers they work with, um, where they go to a facility and work with the trainer. So so far, all three of my off seasons, I've actually just worked out on my own. Uh-huh. So the team the team sends out workout plans and so uh but some guys just do their own thing or have a trainer or whatever but um i i've always just followed the team plans and felt comfortable doing that on my own uh so you know i haven't worked with a trainer so that's what i did again this year um and a lot of that actually was just done like in the garage where we were staying i have a whole uh a whole rack workout set so um that, that's primarily where i did it and you know the offseason kind of starts with a little bit of a break uh after the season and then you know i so i, I probably took about a week off doing nothing and then oh uh, probably like two weeks where it's mostly like body weight type of workouts kind of mobility just kind of getting everything moving again lightweight stuff like that and then start getting into it kind of just ramps up the whole time and then the last 
month or six weeks or something and really lifting heavy, starting to run more and do a little bit of position work and stuff like that. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but I mean, in college it's different. Like you said, you maybe take a week off and then you got to kind of get right back to it. Um, how how hard is it to make to just shut off right after the season and say, you know, I have to take this time because my body definitely needs it? Yeah, it's different, you know. Um, and my first two years, I really didn't even do that much. I didn't take much of a break just because I didn't play. I was primarily practice squad my first two years, so my body didn't get broken down as bad. But this year, since I actually, you know, eight starts and, you know, played in some other games on top of that, um, you know, my body did feel a little more broken down by the end. Uh, I was nursing a broken thumb, had a hyperextended elbow, some other, you know, little things. So, you know, I actually felt like for the first time I needed to take a break to get my body right. Um, but it is a lot different because, you know, in college, the January, February workouts are some of the hardest of the whole year. Um, but just the way that NFL structured, you don't really, you, most guys don't work like that. And, you know, you can kind of focus on building some strength first before you start getting back in like conditioning and stuff like that. So, uh, you, you mentioned the injuries, you talked about the physical side of things. What about mentally? How hard is it to kind of shut off and, and step away? Um, when, I mean, an NFL, you're a professional football player. That, that's it's got to be mentally taxing as well during the season. Yeah, it's it's a full time job. I mean, um, on a, a normal practice day during the season, we probably have close to three hours of meeting before practice, where we're watching film, installing the plays we're going to be running that week and whatnot, and then you know practice for a couple hours, and then another hour or so of film after practice so you know a lot of days you get into the building at seven or something and not leave until five or six so it's you know it's a full-time job and then when the season ends it literally just flips and you go from being busy all day long to (laughs) you can completely make your own schedule and do whatever you want so it always is a, a little bit of an adjustment at first um but you know it's it's it ends up being a very enjoyable time. Um, I think I kind of hear about it a lot during the season, and it's talked about quite a bit with um, NFL players. They talk about you need two or three days to recover after a game, and that's why Thursday games are, are so difficult because you don't have you know that time to squeeze everything in. How would you kind of assess that, and, and what is your take on that? So, yeah, I mean, a normal week, we play on Sunday – just like lift and watch film on Monday, Tuesday off, and then like our hardest practice would be Wednesday, and then practice Thursday, Friday, walk through Saturday. So um, when you do have the Thursday, it kind of just throws a wrench in the whole plan. So usually, at least where I've been, we don't even watch the game from Sunday as a group. We just go straight into game planning for the Thursday and typically you don't even do an actual practice or anything you just do a bunch of walkthroughs where you get in all the plays you would have run in practice to you know uh, emulate the different scenarios that we work on and so you just have to walk through all those because physically you can't do like an actual practice on such a short turnaround yeah um but then after that thursday game 
now you get the whole weekend off. I think that's a league rule where you get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off after Thursday. So that ends up ends up being like a really good recharge weekend. But before the Thursday game, yeah, it's a it's a sprint where you switch from one game to the next and without really slowing down at all. So last summer when we talked, we kind of talked about the story, the craziness of kind of you getting called up from the practice squad and really just getting in your car and driving and kind of make just such an incredible story. Um, now that you have kind of a, I guess you wouldn't call it a regular season, but somewhat of a normal, like, you know, like you said, you started eight games, you, you kind of were in a routine. Um, how, how crazy or how comfortable are you going into kind of, like you said, your fourth year now? Yeah, I definitely um, have learned to never be comfortable at all. But uh, I, in, in the sense of like knowing what I need to prepare and get ready for a season, things like that, I'm more comfortable in how everything goes just because, you know, you've done it a couple times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter who you are on a team. You know, in the NFL, everybody's fighting for jobs. So, you know, you go into training camp assuming that you're on the outside looking in and you got to work to to get that spot or else, you know, somebody else will work harder and probably beat you out. So, yeah, you know, there's, the jobs are too hard to come by to, to ever get comfortable. But, you know, I, I at least feel more confident in the routine that I've developed and things like that, so. What would you say is the biggest thing that surprised you about this season and kind of your your time in, in Cleveland this year? Well, this past season, uh, I mean, I probably have to say the biggest surprise is that every play I played was at tackle because <laughs> all training camp, preseason, everything was strictly guard and center. Yeah. So then when we had like two tackles go down in the very first game, and all of a sudden, I had to start taking some some tackle reps, and then ended up starting eight games at tackle. Um, that was definitely the biggest surprise, and uh, you know, taught me that I should, you know, when you're a when you're a backup offensive lineman, you kind of have to be ready to adjust on the fly like that, um, you know, because you never know when injuries happen. There's some some years where there's barely any deviation from the starting five all year, and then. There's some where there's ten different combinations of the five starters, so uh, it was a good lesson in being ready for anything to happen. But uh, that was definitely the most unexpected part of the year, I'd say. Okay, so for people who maybe wouldn't understand football, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast, but maybe there is somebody. Can you try to explain? I mean, somebody would say, "Oh, you're you're just playing a, a spot on the line. Why does it matter which spot it is?" I mean. You literally have to learn so many different things playing a guard compared to a tackle and vice versa. Yeah, it, it's there's a lot of similarities, but at the same time, it's a very different. I mean, the the hardest difference is at tackle would be like the pass blocking. So at guard, when you're pass blocking and you take a pass set, you really don't have to get a lot of depth. You're more just because the guy's already right in front of you. There's less space to work with. You don't have to go back very far. But at tackle, since you have all that space out there and the quarterback's dropping back to eight or nine yards or whatever, the guy, if you don't get much depth, the guy can just run right around you. So the hardest part is just 
the hardest part of tackle, if you haven't been doing it all the time, is just uh, getting that depth and getting back quick enough to meet them at the point where they want to get to the quarterback. Um, and being getting to that spot was still a base to where you can accept contact and still be strong in that spot. So in an ideal situation, what would you rather play? Um, well, whatever spot gets me a job <laughs> on, on the field would be number one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think, I think my overall body and skill set is probably better suited for guard and center, um, which is always what I was told coming out of college. You know, my, like, tackles always typically have longer arms. My arms are on the shorter side, so... Uh, just coming out of college, you know, most pretty much every team said I'd move in to guard or center. So, you know, I think that's what I'm better suited for. But again, any of I feel like comfortable enough to play all five spots. So, got to be able to keep that going. So you talked about how clearly it's a job, and it's probably one of the. I mean, it is one of the best jobs in the world. I think people would be fair to say, but it's also one of the hardest. What would you say was the most fun you had this year while doing your job? Um, I mean, the most fun part is definitely just the guys, just especially the O-line. I always feel like the O-line uh, room has a good bond. It's always, you know, even some of these guys on really big contracts who are big or longtime veterans in the league, they're, in my experience, have all been very down-to-earth, normal people who are fun to be around and um you know good leaders and stuff so i think probably just the general like o-line bonding is some of the most fun and you know uh this year we also you know last couple years with covid has been crazy where you couldn't hang out with people outside the building really but this past season you know we also my now fiance and i got a chance to become friendlier with a couple other couples and things like that and would get together weekly and stuff like that. So just the friendships we've gained have, have been a big plus uh, since we've been in Cleveland. And then, I mean, on the field, you know, just playing after two years of not really playing at all, just dressing all 17 games this year and starting eight and, you know, playing plays in every single one. Uh, you know, after two years of not, not doing much, that was definitely a, uh, fun. It was, you know, energizing. You know, made it all kind of seem more worth it for the last couple of years. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, so you can't say injuries. What was the toughest part about this year? What was a, a time that you just, I mean, were were really struggling? Yeah, I mean, I, the position change was tough for me. Uh, you know, obviously I played tackle in college, but. I college I always played on the left side and then switching to from left to right is a whole nother yeah. conversation of <laughs> people probably don't realize how hard that is um, but you know your hips and everything just get used to one side and you have to basically relearn how to do everything on the other side so um, you know I played primarily right tackle last year so that was a big adjustment and you know I got more comfortable as time went on the more I played but uh, that was the hardest part and then obviously we just went into the season with high expectations as a team and 
didn't end up, you know, living up to where we thought we should have been. So, you know, that was tough, but a lot, a lot to build on. Who was the toughest player you went against this year? Um, this year probably was T.J. Watt. Yeah. It's probably, probably the worst that I did. Uh, I didn't start the game against him um, at home, but then went in in the second quarter. And right, the first thing I did when, we went, when I went in was like a, a two-minute drill um, drive right before halftime. So that uh, just like 15 straight pass plays. So that was probably uh, – <laughs> Just because of that scenario I was thrust into against a good player like that, that probably stands out as the, the best guy I went against. After a game like that, do you allow yourself – I mean, just you saying that name, um, it, it just – do you allow yourself to be like, man, I, I made it. Like I'm playing in the NFL against guys like that who, I mean, are talked about as one of the best players in the league. That's just – it's got to be just kind of a surreal moment for you. Yeah. I think over the years I've gotten more used to it, and especially you know when I practice with guys like that every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a guy like Miles Garrett. Um, <laughs> they don't really make them like him anywhere else. So, uh, you know, you, you kind of get more used to it, and you know, it's your job. So you know, you still go out and fully expect to do well against guys like that. Um, but I, I, you know, I do have appreciation for. You know, um, how cool it is to, to have these opportunities and go against guys like that. What was it like getting the chance to, like you said, you suited up for every game, to play in front of the dog pound when everybody's back in the stands this year? Yeah, that was really fun. Uh, it's a fun place to play. Um, it's it's an impressive fan base to have such good numbers, even with how long the team did poorly and everything um so it, it's a fun place to play you know that gets gets real cold the wind's always howling uh and you know they're all still out there you know i would be at the hotel before the game and turn on the news or something and at like 7 a.m the parking lot's full <laughs> for a four o'clock kickoff so they're they're a crazy bunch um and they definitely deserve to have a winning team um, and so, you know, they, they let you know about it if, if they don't like what's happening, but, uh, <laughs> but they're, they're fun when things are going well. You kind of talked about it earlier, but not living up to maybe the expectations that you had. <clears throat> Can you feel like a culture shift in Cleveland because of the fact that, I mean, now the expectation is, I mean, you, you want to win a playoff game because that's what you saw. That's what they got a taste of. And I mean that's that's a complete culture change from you know Cleveland of even five ten years ago. Yeah, I mean I I didn't get here until it was in that situation, so I I don't really know how it was before, but I know the whole time I've been here, we have definitely known that we had the talent and the group to make a run at winning a championship. So I think that's kind of the expectation and the goal and. Anything short of that will pretty much be a, a disappointment from here. Uh, you talked about playing in Cleveland. You talked about playing against Watt. Um, who was your? What was your favorite place to play outside of Cleveland this year? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think 
I think the loudest was probably Arrowhead, Kansas City. Yeah. Um, week one, we played them. And it was a rematch of last year. Um, I think that was probably the loudest one of the year. Um, got to see some cool ones, though. We played at SoFi, the new stadium against the Chargers. That was actually my first start. Um, Pretty good place I, to do that. Yeah, and it was a game where we scored like 42 points and had 500 yards of offense. So that was a pretty fun first start, even though we ended up not getting a win. But uh, but yeah, those, those two are probably some of the most memorable ones. How much of a sense of pride does the offensive line take when you have games like that? Uh, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, just the nature of O-line is... You know, usually don't get a lot of recognition um, when things are going well. Yeah. Uh, so. But everybody you know, but, knows when you go when but, it's bad. <laughs> exactly, and, and I should clarify that within the building, everyone's very appreciative when there's games like that. Yeah. You know, from the quarterbacks, running backs, everybody, they're always really good about you know hyping us up and you know showing their appreciation for us, but. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's kind of how O-linemen like it. So stay out of the spotlight. You know, if, if people are hearing your name, it's probably a bad thing. So you said the word spotlight. That brings me to my next question. Um, how good of a teammate, how good of a quarterback is Baker Mayfield? Uh, I really uh, I really enjoy, you know, playing with Baker. Uh, I think he's a really good leader. He, you know, comes in and works hard every day. Obviously, uh, this past year he, you know, was fighting through injuries all year and never, never wanted to step off the field. So, and I got a lot of respect for him as a as a teammate and a leader and everything. Um, I don't want to put you in a bad spot by any means, but what are your thoughts on you know that position moving forward for your team? Yeah, you know, it's uh, kind of something we talked about earlier. It's a it's a business and yeah. I, I look at it like every single guy on the team, they're constantly evaluating other people to take their take your job. So, like, no one, if anyone's ever comfortable, they're wrong because even, the, even some of the top guys are, you know, they're, they're looking at people to replace them. So, you know, it's it's just kind of the nature of the business. Uh, it's not, a, not really a feelings and friendships type of business. So, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, I think it is. Kind of just is what you gotta just roll with the roll with the punches and make sure you show up like it could be your last day every day and uh, you know you only control what you can control. As you look at your future moving forward, um, I believe you just recently signed a contract, correct? Yeah, so um, I was an exclusive rights free agent, which means they were the Browns were able to just like renew my contract on another one year contract. So. Okay. But they, they just did that, so I have a, a one-year contract for this year. What's that feeling like, knowing, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the first step to getting where you really want to be in, in the NFL? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great place. I, I, I really like, you know, the, the living out here and the group of guys, especially the O-line and, you know, around the league, the O-line and O-line coach, Coach Callahan. All have a lot of respect around the league um, as being one of the top groups, top units, top coaches. So it's a really good place to be. Um, you know, definitely like being here. But yeah, like you said, the first step is 
having a job uh, and now it's just you know working every day to, to keep it okay so now it's the beginning of April what's what's your schedule look like for the next couple months so we start uh, off-season uh, team workouts in two weeks two weeks from today actually okay um, and those are voluntary uh, workouts and you just they're like kind of practices but just helmets only and you know you usually don't do like team drills or anything um so when so, you say well, voluntary you kind of mean i mean like you said earlier you're fighting for a job so it's it's voluntary but only in the name right well yeah i mean most I, most guys go to them yeah uh, the last couple of years it's been different with covid uh where different teams have done different things and two years ago we didn't have any off-season stuff at all so it is voluntary um you know they technically can't hold it against you for not going or anything but yeah. most guys go i you know i i like being around just to kind of dip my toe back in and get you know some football drills with coaches and get back in the the, the team gym working out and stuff and you know i think it's a good change of pace and then so we'll have that for like nine weeks and then we usually get about five weeks off before training camp starts how excited are you for this this next season i mean knowing what you know now and what you've been through um it's gotta just be like okay now i know what to expect i know what i need to do and it's time to do it yeah it's good um very excited for the season uh to get to work you know we have I think I've been talking about this with some of my teammates here. Our, our O-line group here has a ton of depth. We got, you know, I think we're currently at like 15 O-linemen on the roster. And, you know, every single one is guys who you could envision being on an NFL roster. So there's going to be a lot of competition and, you know, a lot of work to do. Because uh, we got a really good group who's going to push each other. But I think it'll it'll make everyone better. But, yeah, excited excited to get going and get back with everybody. I've taken up plenty of your time. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you for, for taking the time, and uh, best of luck this year. And uh, we, As you know, but just want to reiterate, everybody in everybody in Central Illinois, everybody in the CSA is, is so happy for you and, and definitely rooting for you moving forward. Awesome. I appreciate it, Derek. Thanks for having me on. A big thank you to Blake for taking the time to talk all things football. What a great guy, and we're all wishing him nothing but the best moving forward in life and in the NFL. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Northwestern Mutual for being the sponsor. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, by the way, national champions. What a season. What a game. Kansas wins the natty. Had to throw that in there. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.